today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life, and I'm bringing a very interesting guest into today's show. Miriam Arrington Fisher, an award-winning criminal defense and immigration attorney, entrepreneur, author, and advocate, is the founder of Arrington Law. Her book, Mom's a Lawyer, How to Start a Firm and Take Control of Your Life, empowers lawyer moms to create profitable, family-friendly, and accessible law firms. Miriam's thought leadership challenges workaholic culture, emphasizes work-life balance, and promotes sustainable work cultures. With a recent expansion overseas to Guatemala City, Fisher continues to make a workplace culture a priority by creating opportunities for women abroad to have a fulfilling life and career in law while being able to enjoy motherhood. I think this is fascinating. I really do, Miriam. And I enjoyed your book, even though I'm not a lawyer. So with all that being said, welcome to Word of Mom Radio. Thank you, Dory. It's so exciting to be here. I appreciate it. I am very happy to have you. And I'm going to jump right in because you started your law practice with a newborn. <laughs> I mean, kudos to you, but how did you make that work? Well, I don't have a good answer for that. People ask me that all the time. You know, I was very sleep deprived back then. And so I really started it out of necessity. And, you know, jokes aside, I've I've seen a trend across all different business types of women entrepreneurs who take that jump when they become a mom. And I don't think that that is a coincidence. Uh, I know for me, it was uh, a necessity. My life changed very quickly. I became a mom and I actually became a single mom because I got divorced when my oldest daughter was born. And at the time I was a lawyer, I was working at a law firm and I had a very kind of classic, what you picture a lawyer's life, you know, working seven days a week, late nights. I'm a trial lawyer. I was doing criminal defense and um, it was a, a very busy, just kind of constant work environment. And that really came to a screeching halt when I became a mom and a single mom. I bet. I was a single <laughs> mom since my kids were six, four and two. So okay. I can totally you... understand that single life as a mom. What do you find in law is particularly challenging as a field for working moms? So that is a question that I really dug into uh, when I was working on my book. And um, I think there's a few, a few pieces that go into it. One, law is just a very traditional profession where it's, you know, workaholism is accepted. Um, and really, we're we're kind of trained very early on, you know, in law school. I mean, law school is very stressful. You know, you're in class all day, hours of reading at night, exams. It's a very high pressure 
high workload environment where you're expected to just give your life over to it. First year law students aren't even allowed to work because we're told you're just going to be studying all the time. And that translates into your career. And then, you know, you're, you're climbing the ladder and next thing you know, you're You've just been working around the clock for for years. Now, in earlier in my career, I liked working because I, I was very fortunate to to love what I did. I worked with great people, but it still wasn't sustainable, especially with with motherhood. Um, so I think that the the culture in law is very much old school work work around the clock. Another piece is that um, law is still very male dominated and. There's some misleading statistics about that. And this is some of what I dug into for my book. So if you look at graduating law school classes, it's about 50-50, even sometimes 60-40 with more women becoming lawyers than men. And so, okay, well, if half of the profession is, is women, how can you say it's male dominated? And it's because you look at the leadership, you know, there could be tons of women lawyers, but if all the partners and all the law firm owners and all the bosses are men, you know, they're not going to have the same motivations to change things, to make things more women-friendly, family-friendly. And that correlates with the number of women that leave the profession after a few years. One of the, the, the major studies that I cite to is a study by the American Bar Association. They do this same uh, data collection every few years, but at the time that my book came out, the most recent one was 2021. And they were looking at what percentage of women leave their legal careers mid-career. And it's, it was close to a third of women were leaving law in their 30s and 40s. Well, why would you leave your career just when it's getting good? You know, you've been practicing for 10 or 15 years, you've got a client list, uh, you're starting to make some money, you're starting to, you know, get some seniority, why would you leave then? And the answer is because that's when you have families, that's when you have young children, and the two are not sustainable. And so when I, you know, saw that data and 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 saw those statistics, they're shocking, but they weren't shocking because I had experienced that myself. Interesting though, because let's face it, men are becoming parents at the same time as well. And it's amazing that even in a new century, it still is always falls on the mom. You're the one who's supposed to shift. So in your book, you talk a lot about entrepreneurship and being one of the keys to workplace equality. Why do you feel that? Well, I think it goes back to, you know, who's in charge and who's making the decisions. And I totally agree with you. It, this, uh, the, the lack of family friendliness and the lack of accessibility for working parents is not just a woman's problem and it shouldn't be. But I think what, what we see both anecdotally and also in the data is that men are not uh, demanding that change anywhere near the same degree that that women are. And so, you know, I'm fortunate now I'm I'm married now and my husband is a very an excellent parent, very involved and very much an equal partner. So, I'm not suggesting that you know, we should discount dads and that that women should just should solve it. However, that change is not being demanded by men. I mean, that's just what the numbers show. And so, I think that um, for if 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 we if if women if working mothers working parents want to see that change we have to be the ones to drive it and the only way really to drive it is to be in in the driver's seat in in charge and um, you can either try to 
try to rise up the ranks in, in an, an existing firm. But as we know, there are all kinds of cultural challenges to that. Or you can start your own firm. And that's that's what I did. I didn't go to law school thinking I want to run my own firm. I was very happy doing what I was doing and, and learning from other lawyers and working with other lawyers, but it really became a necessity. And I didn't have a business plan. I just basically had this moment where I'm like, I've got this baby. I need to pick her up. You know, when daycare closes, I, our daycare hours were like eight to five. So those are the hours I could work. I need money because I'm, you know, well, most people need money, but especially a single mom needs money. And I also love being a lawyer and I want to keep doing that. And so, you know, how, how can I uh, combine those three things and how can I make it work? And I didn't see a place where I could work and do all those things. I didn't see other law firms where I could do the work that I loved and excel and, and, you know, make a good living and also, you know, leave it at 445 basically. So I, you know, as we say in, in law, I hung my own shingle. Um, I, um, I was like nine months pregnant. I literally was like a week or two before I gave birth where I was, I found an office and, um, I, you know, bought a desk and a laptop and, and basically set up shop. Um, and, um, it was the, the, the best thing that I could have done both really professionally and one of the best things personally. Um, but I didn't know it at the time. At the time I just was, I, I felt like I had to do it. As a lawyer who opened her own firm, how have you made it a family-friendly workplace? It's a great question because when I first started, I was really thinking about myself and my own needs, you know, and I initially saw this as, okay, I'm just going to be a solo practitioner. I'm going to have an office, maybe have an assistant, and I'll just work as much as I can and kind of make it work around my own schedule. After a few years, when my practice started growing and I was, you know, getting busier and getting more clients, I was really back on the same hamster wheel. Um, and that's really when I, I would say maybe about three years into my practice is where I started thinking, you know, I've got to step back and turn this into a business, turn this into a scalable organization. It's not going to be just me running around to court you know, ha having one assistant answer the phones, I've got to really, if I, if I want to continue to grow and excel, I'm going to, I need to grow this thing into a real firm, into a real business. And I hired a paralegal and then I hired a associate attorney. And as I was taking on responsibility for more team members, I started to think about what kind of boss do I want to be? What kind of environment do I want to have? Being a business owner is, I think, just a phenomenal opportunity to think about your own vision and then you know put it into reality but it wasn't just about me anymore i was now taking responsibility for other team members and i wanted my firm and my business to reflect my values not just how we want our clients treated which is a huge part of my business values of you know being excellent attorneys and and treating our clients well but also treating our our team members well and having a, a positive work environment and I just had a light bulb moment where I thought, you know, this could be an opportunity to do things differently. And maybe in our own little corner of the legal community, we could show that it is possible to have a thriving law firm to 
be profitable and also to be accessible. And, um, you know, we're always growing. It's, it's always a work in progress. We've grown every year, um, since I've been in practice and we're always learning and improving, but I am really proud of where we are today that we are currently an all women team. We have other working moms on the team. We are a 36 hour work week and we have a, a really, a really strong workplace culture where not only do I not reward, but I I really discourage workaholism. And we have leveraged a few things that are kind of unique in law firms that allow us to be profitable without sacrificing our work-life balance. In law, there's so, um, so often lawyers just don't see a way out. They think, you know, our clients need us all the time. And this is what we're doing is very important. And we have to work, work, work. But in today's society, there are options. There are amazing technologies that law firms can leverage to be efficient and profitable and get the work done and provide the same result to the client without being at their desk at 10 o'clock at night. We leverage virtual staff and and an overseas team, um, which has uh, allows us to be available in different time zones and have an extended day. So we have people who are you know working in different shifts throughout the day, and clients can call us you know pretty much at any hour. But that doesn't mean that we're all changed chained to our desks for 12 hours a day. So there are really great opportunities out there for lawyers that are willing to approach their jobs as entrepreneurs, you know, be creative, think outside the box, try new things. And I think it really starts with abandoning the mindset of this is what a law firm looks like. This is what a lawyer's job looks like. I love that. I really do. I think it's so important that we restructure the way we think about things and especially law firms. I got divorced, never set foot in a courtroom, sat down with a mediator, divided up our lives because who wants the adversarial so often? And one of the things that I grasped in reading your book is that you definitely discourage that adversarial aspect of things. And you really try to keep things very calm in, in everything that you do. And I really appreciate that because often I feel that lawyers kind of incite more problems than there actually are at times. And and in reading your book, I could see how you are. I can understand why you started a consulting practice. <laughs> and I want to definitely talk about that, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about your consulting practice and your book. Because it's sounds a very good book. So we're going to take a moment, say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be right back on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave, she is bold, she is you, and we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. In 2017, Unsilenced Voices was formed to help survivors of domestic abuse and gender-based violence worldwide. The organization currently serves Sierra Leone, Rwanda, Ghana, and the USA. In 2022, Unsilenced Voices gifted over $33,000 to survivors in the USA. And in Sierra Leone, there are over 26 young girls who have been rescued from sex trafficking and domestic abuse and now going through vocational training school in order to better their lives. We need your help. Donations are critical in order for us to continue our work. 
We also need volunteers to help with research and development. Please visit unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. Check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back here on Word of Mom Radio. We are talking with Miriam Arrington Fisher, who is an attorney, an entrepreneur, an author, and an advocate, and really just doing amazing stuff. So I would love to know what made you start a consulting practice while you're running a law firm. The consulting practice really grew organically out of a, a passion project. And I think that, you know, that, that's one of the best ways to grow a business when it just happens naturally and all, all the stars align. So I've had my own law practice for about eight years. And like we talked about before the break, um, I learned a lot of lessons along the way. I didn't start off as a business person. I didn't have a business plan. I certainly didn't have money. I really just bootstrapped my, my firm. And over the years, as I became more intentional about learning about business, not just law firm, but you know how to have a marketing plan, how to hire and onboard employees, um, how to create you know standard um, uh, operating procedures, all these things that helped me turn my little law practice into a thriving law firm. I started, you know, uh, other lawyers were reaching out to me and saying, you know, I heard that you only work you know, 30 hours a week, or I heard that you've hired more people, you know, how are you doing this? Because people that I knew in my day-to-day -day life, they, they kind of knew my story. I'm in a small city. The legal community is, you know, pretty small and collegial. And so I think some, some people that I knew personally, they saw me go from, okay, you know, 2016, I, I had a baby, I got divorced and I left my job at a law practice. And then, you know, then I pop up with this law firm with, you know, a team working with me. Um, and there was just a lot of questions of, of, of how I did things. And I was very, I'm, I'm still humbled when I'm able to give anybody advice, because for me, it was such a learning curve. I really learned through my own mistakes and, and it took me years to, to build my business to, to where it is now. But I started having these lunches and coffees with other women lawyers who were phenomenal lawyers who loved the practice of law, but they had hit that point that I hit, um, you know, to some degree, whether maybe not as extreme as, as my case, but uh, they had hit a point in their 30s or 40s where you know, their personal life was bumping up against their career and they were feeling overwhelmed uh, and they were, you know, kind of wondering what what's going to give, you know, do I do I have to say, I'm not going to, you know, be the kind of parent that I want to be, or do I have to leave the career that I love or, or how do I do this? And so I started kind of informally coaching other, other women attorneys of, you know, how do you start a practice? How do you get onto social media marketing? All these kind of little things that, that I had done. And that turned into a book manuscript and I submitted it and, uh, you know, it was accepted. And I, I worked with an editor for about a year to, uh, to, to get the final draft. And 
when it came out, I got all these messages um, from, you know, women attorneys, mostly women attorneys, but also men attorneys, even up in Canada on LinkedIn. I, you know, I read your book. This is exactly what I needed. This was so helpful. And it was, I, it was so humbling to me. I just, uh, I felt such a huge sense of, it was so rewarding to, to be able to take my own experience, my own mistakes, my own lessons learned, and to help other people feel like they could take the, take that plunge, um, and build the life and build the career that they wanted, you know, because I love law. I love being a lawyer. There's this, you know, sort of meme of the unhappy, miserable lawyer. I'm, I, I, it's my calling and I'm, I'm very proud to be a lawyer. And I'm, I feel very honored that people trust me, uh, to help them with difficult times in their life. So it was never something that I wanted to give up, but I also love being a mom and I, you know, everybody has their own, uh, definition of what, what being a good parent is. And we all try our best, but I knew that I really wanted to be, uh, very present and very involved. So to be able to combine those two things was the biggest challenge, but also the biggest reward. And so to be in a position where I could on some level, help other people do that was incredible. So I started offering consulting packages. I've worked with other women who are at a point in their careers where they want to start their own practice. I work with people who already have their own practices, but it's not quite what they want it to be. Drawing from your own experience in consulting is, you know, that looks differently with different clients. Sometimes it's just talking through problems. Maybe it's sharing some of my experience. Maybe it's just helping people think through solutions to specific problems. Sometimes it's kind of starting from scratch and building a plan. It's something that has really become a passion of mine and it's been very rewarding. And so I have built a second business. I still run Arrington Law full-time. I'm the CEO of Arrington Law and I uh, consult with women attorneys and law firm owners and existing law firms. You said that in doing this, the work that you were doing, it kind of became the outline for your book, Mom's a Lawyer, How to Start a Firm and Take Control of Your Life. I found it very interesting. It didn't really ever occur to me that in starting your own law firm, you actually have to know marketing, you, how you involve social media and things like that. And it's interesting that you talk about the work-life balance because I always feel that it's a juggling. I don't care what profession you're in. Mm -hmm. You are juggling all the balls in the air. And I love that you devote time to the self-care aspect of things. I really do. So give us a little overview of the book and why, even though you're not a lawyer, you're going to want to read it. Sure. Thank you. You know, it's so intimidating starting a business and some of us have the entrepreneurial spirit and some people, you know, don't come to it naturally. And, you know, a lot of the lawyers that I work with, they're very advanced in their careers. They're very intelligent people. They're very successful, but starting a business is a whole nother ball game. It doesn't matter how experienced you are in your field, whether, you know, whatever field that may be in when you're working within an existing framework. And then you're thinking about kind of walking the plank into the unknown and starting from scratch, it's very intimidating. And when I started my practice, I didn't have a beginner's blueprint. There are a lot of wonderful resources for law firms that are looking to scale. And, you know, at the time there really wasn't like a, a beginner's guide. You know, they used to have that series of books, like the idiot's guide to whatever. There was no beginner's guide to starting a law firm. And so the book is really a blueprint of what I wish I had when I started. I think I would have saved myself a few years of, of really scraping along in the beginning. And I really wanted my book to be something that 
you know, someone could pick up at any point in their legal career. It could be a new attorney. It could be somebody looking to make a change. And if they didn't know anything about starting a business, but they just, they thought that they might want to, or they thought that they might want to make that change, you know, would this book give them the tools that they needed to take the first step? And that, that was kind of my guiding principle. And that's, that's what the book is designed as, um, not something intimidating, not something, you know, how to scale your law firm from 5 million to 10 million. It's how do you find an office? How do you create a marketing plan? How do you hire your first person? How do you create a schedule for yourself as an entrepreneur? Cause as you've touched upon, you know, being an entrepreneur is not like drinking margaritas on the beach. Um, it's, it can be more challenging in a lot of ways. You have different responsibilities and you're in charge of your own time. So that that has with it some freedom, but it also has responsibility. As far as the self-care that you, you touched upon, you know, that looks different in different different phases. I have busy seasons, um, you know, and I have seasons where maybe we settle a case and things are a little bit relaxed. Um, but but what I am very opposed to is is martyrdom. And, um, I've, I see that both among lawyers, like, oh, this, uh, you know, my clients need me. I'm going to go. And even though, you know, my wife's in labor, I'm going to go take a, a client call because they really need me. And I, we see it among moms, you know, I, I don't have time for myself. How could I possibly take a shower? You know, my kids need me. And I just, I hate that across the board. I think it's so toxic and it's so damaging and it disproportionately affects women. So if you can tell, I feel strongly about, about that. And, and, you know, I think self-care has become a little trite. It gets a bad, a bad rap. You know, people think, you know, it's like meditating or, or whatever, but it really just means, you know, keeping some level of, of space to, you know, take care of yourself, keep yourself healthy and do things that you want to do and not feel guilty about it. I agree. And we talk about it all the time here on Word of Mom Radio. Self-care is not selfish. Ask the mom. You're the nucleus. And if you can't take time for yourself, even 10 minutes to just breathe, how in the world can you effectively manage your home, your business, your kids, and everything else? And we're constantly, you know, dipping from a dry well if mm -hmm. we don't refill. So I think it's really important. And I really enjoyed your book. Like I said, even though I'm not a lawyer, I found it very fascinating. And again, for any entrepreneur, these are great steps, everything you talk about and, and creating, as you said, the schedule, the this, the that, all of that, it, it's all encompassed in this and it's a good read. So as we're wrapping up, Miriam, what would you like to leave our listeners with and how may they reach out to you? Thank you. Uh, this was a great interview. I really enjoyed speaking with you, Dory. If anyone wants to reach out, I'm on social media. I'm on all the social media platforms, Miriam Arrington Fisher. I love hearing from other entrepreneurs, other lawyers to see how I can help. My book, Mom's a Lawyer, How to Start a Firm and Take Control of Your Life is available on Amazon. And I, I always love to get feedback on that as well. And I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, formally, informally, I'd love to hear from any of your listeners. I hope that they reach out to you, Miriam. I really do. All of Miriam's links are going to be live on Word of Mom Radio. And again, I highly recommend the book, whether you're a lawyer or not. If you're looking to start your own business, there's a lot of great information in this book. There really is. And it's a good and easy read. So I thank you for doing it. And I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us today here on the show, Miriam. Thank you so much. We've been going back and forth and had to cancel. And, you know, I think I had COVID. 
So you know, it's amazing. And I always feel like whenever I've had to reschedule things, it always means it's going to be a great interview. And I was right. So oh, thanks thank for a fabulous conversation. Thank you. My pleasure. And to all of you tuning in, thanks so much for being here. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying, go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. Sure of herself. Yeah, she takes care of biz. Powerful and strong. Yeah, she knows who she is. Has integrity. Woman strong and true. You know her by name. See, this woman is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. Adds value and hope. Has proved to be brave. See, it's never too late. Never time to behave. Reaching for dreams doesn't matter the age. Believes in herself. Unleashed from her cage. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you.